Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today I am talking to Jackie Vega. She is a registered dietitian and the founder of the Wellness Solution website. And we are here today to talk about childhood nutrition. And Jackie, before we get started, would you just tell us a little bit about what prompted you to build your website, The Wellness Solution? I started The Wellness Solution because I love to share information and it just seemed like one of the best things to do without getting involved in anything too complicated such as video. And it has just, it's been that sounding board for me. Whether or not I'm on it often is another story because being a busy mom, it takes a lot of time. But anytime things come up or questions come up, I just, I love to add things to it. Nice. So what kind of information can people find on your website? What do you focus on the most? Uh, There's, I feel like there's a good amount of everything that's fitness, nutrition, I have some recipes there. I have a lot of tips on meal prepping and meal planning. I love to go back to the older posts that I have on there where I have some pictures of my kids when they were younger and really getting into how I have gotten them to try new things such as smoothies and just, you know, my successes around that. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I love that kind of thing. I have had my website for a while too, and I, I like to go back and look at some of those pictures. Actually, even before I built my website, I had a, a short period of time, maybe two years where we were raw vegan. What, give me an idea, like what kind of advice or tips do you have for parents who want their children to eat a well-balanced diet, but also want their children to like enjoy it and be excited about food. Yeah. I feel that, you know, one of, well, my background starting in like 2013 until just about early 2018, I was the meal plan developer and a recipe curator at super healthy kids. So I had hundreds of families that I was meal planning for and they would come to me with questions and just their struggles. And I found that one of the biggest things was if they weren't actually planning, they weren't serving their kids the foods that they wanted to. And naturally that fell into that dinner struggle and sometimes even the breakfast struggle. It it really did. So you really want to sit down, grab your favorite app, um, a Google doc, something as simple as a piece of paper and a, you know, a, a pretty pencil and write out what it is that you're going to have. And it can be as simple as writing three to four meals out. You don't really have to dive in and I got to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I have to write out all the meals and all the snacks because that is overwhelming to begin with. Um, So you make your plan, get the kids involved, and just to know what is going to be coming up for that next meal is going to be less stressful. And you're not going to worry so much about, oh, they didn't have a healthy breakfast, but you will know that the next meal, there's going to be green beans, there's going to be some, um, I don't know, red potatoes and a lean protein. So just planning 
is really one of the biggest steps towards making sure that you're getting those foods onto their plate. Oh, I can't agree more with that. And I, I know that it can be overwhelming in the beginning, especially for really busy moms. But um, after you start doing it, then you kind of get your groove and you find Mm -hmm. that it actually saves you time and it makes life easier and the children are eating more nutritious meals. So I I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's a really great tip. So um, what do you think about children who are, we'll say, particular, um, instead of that other P word that people sometimes use for their children, um, but particular about certain foods or even children who have issues with foods touching on a plate and that kind of thing. What kind of advice um, do you have for moms and dads in that type of situation? Yeah, and they do. I am going to say that word. Most parents will come to me with they have a picky eater. And quite honestly, that's just, that's the word that they relate to. Um, And that is okay. Myself and several of my colleagues, we will call them selective eaters. And just speaking from experience, my youngest, who is now 12, he is my selective eater. And quite frankly, so is my husband. (laughs) So I'm dealing with both sides of the spectrum. But I have found that starting out little, it's, it will make it a little bit simpler to get our kids to try new foods. For instance, speaking from experience, and I believe I do have a photo of it on one of my older blog posts. I would, my husband used to travel all the time. So what we loved to do was have a kind of dinner in a movie type of thing. So my kids and I would have dinner in front of the TV. I know some people think that's bad, but this is just what worked for us. We would have a movie And before the movie, the three of us would get together. And I believe my youngest was probably, I'm going to say he was three and maybe my daughter was five. So we would cut up some veggies. We would cut up different fruits. I would have some hummus. My daughter has always loved seafood. So we would have shrimp, like a shrimp cocktail, Um, sliced peppers, like a bunch of different types of little foods and make just something we could just eat from and we would watch a movie so it kind of took the stress off of me it took the stress off of the kids because I wasn't focusing on what in particular they were eating or what they weren't eating I just knew that I was putting different varieties in front of them and they could pick and choose what they wanted I made sure I had something with protein I had the veggies I had the fruit I had some calcium in there with some yogurt Um, I just made sure I had different nutrients and that That sounds wonderful just gotta have one carb. You gotta have one of this and one of that. Mm -hmm. And it really did take that stress off. Um, and then thinking about going back to being, you know, doing small increments, like simple things, even with tacos, I would put little pieces of spinach in their tacos, cut up raw peppers and put it in their taco. And it's, it's a combination of foods. So they're not really, like it takes that new flavor kind of a way. Mm-hmm. And it gives them a way to see what are we putting in there? What is it? What color is it? The texture? Sometimes they would cut it up themselves. And that's the other thing too. They always would see what I was putting into their tacos or putting into their smoothie. Whether or not they liked it was another thing, but always trying something new and always going back to the things that I had tried that they didn't like 
I found that it was successful as well. So it truly is, we have to put the food in front of them. That's going to be the first step. And then letting them gradually try it and not getting upset when they don't like it. So now my son, I have this one story where he was at a friend's house a few years ago and they're having lunch together. And I went to pick him up and the mom says, well, I was making them sandwiches for lunch. And I asked Xavier if he wanted lettuce. And he asked me if I had spinach. So it's just one of those things where I know that if I'm doing something at home, it is going to trickle out into their life eventually. And it just the different stories that I've heard from other parents where they've been or my mom, I know I'm doing something right. And it's just that those little those little additions of the new foods into their meals. Yeah. That's cool, especially when you see that they're willing to eat that even when you're not around, mm-hmm. so, you know, to eat spinach when he's at a friend's house. That's great. I love that. <laughs> so you mentioned getting your kids to eat smoothies. So we did smoothies for a long time. Um, I have six kids. And so um, when we went through this, you know, we started eating smoothies. I did a lot of like spinach and peaches and different types of combinations to get more greens in their diet. Um, one time I found out that my son was dumping his smoothie outside because we lived in Florida at the time (laughs) and we would like have these smoothies at breakfast, you know, and watch the sunrise on our front porch and have these smoothies. And I was so proud of myself. And a couple of years later, my son told me he dumped out smoothies, like, you know, three out of five (laughs) smoothies he dumped behind the bushes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, I love kids. They're smarter. I feel that organic produce. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you get your kids to eat smoothies and stuff like that? The first ones that I had given them were really simple. It was um, like orange, it was either orange juice or apple juice, and then just one fruit inside of it. And well, So one of the reasons why I started it so young was because both of my kids, like I nursed both of them and neither of them wanted to take a bottle from anybody. (laughs) So I was like truly a full-time nursing mom. And then they got to that certain age, like it was closer to one and not closer to one, it was probably like eight months. So I would put a smoothie inside of, um, I want to say it was a sippy cup, but I know it was a, it was a straw, some sort of a plastic straw and just put it in there and had them try it. And I do have a photo of my daughter being the one who actually handed it to my son. And that's been my other thing too. I know that I try to help parents not be that, you know, that, that person in their child's life who's saying, you have to eat this. You can't leave the table without, without trying it. So I've haven't even asked her to do it, but she's always been that person. And even still today, as 14 years old, she's still asking him, why don't you just try it? It's Mm -hmm. good. I don't know what's wrong with you. So she's always been that extra person so that I don't look like the mean person. It's her. (laughs) I love that. That's really sweet. Yeah. My kids were like that too. I have a a picture of my youngest daughter, um, hold like trying to take my green smoothie away from me. So, um, we went through that green smoothie phase. It lasted quite a while, but now I don't really drink a lot of smoothies anymore. Cause I try to mm-hmm. avoid eating too much fruit myself because 
of, you know, just the sugars and everything. So that brings up mm-hmm. another topic. What, how do you feel about kids and sugar intake? Not, not fruit so much, but I know it's different between, you know, adults and children, but what are your thoughts on yeah. how parents can handle the sugar issue? It's, it's, this is definitely, um, a loaded question. It's very controversial, even within the, the dietetics world. Um, you know, I've seen different dietitians who have strong beliefs over one way or another. And it's funny that you asked because a close friend of mine, another dietitian, she messaged me today, this morning, and we were talking about smoothies. And she said, I just don't want to choose, I don't want to put any of those protein powders in because they have too much sugar. Um, I know there's too many of them out there. Uh, and that is one thing that I will look at is how much sugar has been added or what types of sweeteners are used. But when it comes to just sugar in general, I have to look at what they've had all day. Then I look, I would, you know, and this is if I'm working with a parent, I'm going to look at the week of what they're eating. So I, I want to see what else they've had and kind of compare it there and not necessarily focus on one particular meal or snack. I also look at if it's a smoothie, what else are we adding to it? I know for us, we will add a certain protein powder, but we're also adding spinach, sometimes frozen cauliflower. Um, the fruit is typically like a half a banana or maybe a handful of cherries. So we don't necessarily focus on adding a bunch of extra fruit. I like to add the veggies into it. Um, The other thing is I look at what it is that I'm actually bringing into my home. If I'm in control of what I'm bringing into my home and let's say I'm having baked cookies in there, I'm controlling that because I'm making them from scratch or there's one particular brand that I will get that it's, um, it's actually vegan, dairy-free, all that kind of stuff because my son has a dairy sensitivity. So that's just something else that I've chosen. I know how much sugar is in it. I know how often they're eating it. So being in control at home and bringing in those choices that you want your kids to have at home is one thing. But then I also know that when they're outside of the home, they are going to be given candy or cookies and cakes and and whatever they're going to have. So it goes back to me showing them, you know, how I'm eating or how we're eating as a family and those choices that we're making as a family. It's going to teach them to know that, well, we just had, you know, if they're hanging out with their friends, I just had a a glass of soda with you. I'm going to choose not to have that extra cookie. So I guess I have to say it's not so much where I want to tell parents don't go over 25 grams of sugar per day. I would rather have them instill those habits of what they're having at home to help them to make those better choices when they're away from us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's confusing, but right, it's too hard for us. And as busy moms and dads, we have so many other things that we need to worry about to, to worry about that so much that just the sugar alone is going to be one stressor that I don't want to have them worry about. Right. So instead of like counting macros, you're basically mm-hmm. just instilling the habit of, you know, weighing how out like in your mind, like, Oh, I had that, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, hot cocoa yeah. for breakfast. So maybe yeah. I'll skip dessert at lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just paying attention yeah. to what you're consuming and thinking through it instead mm-hmm. of like being hyper legal, you know, holistic about it or whatever. So that's, yeah. That's really Cause helpful. I mean, it, it's, I've had, there was one time I want to say it was probably because my daughter's going into high school now. I want to say when she was around sixth grade, I specifically remember one day she had gone out on a, a birthday dinner with a friend of hers and she was texting me. Can I have Sprite? Like, honey, you're at a birthday party. I want you to enjoy yourself. You can make the right choices. I trust you. That's right. it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, I don't want that to be something that's going to interfere with anybody's life. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think it's better to empower them to make those decisions on their own instead of depending mm-hmm. on us to tell them, you know, every little thing. So, and I think when we mm-hmm. do practice those good habits at home, it just it has to sink in eventually. So, mm-hmm. great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on because sleep is a subject that we cover a lot over at That Organic Mom. Uh, we talk about sleep and whether we get it or whether we don't, what kind of struggles we're having with sleep. So I wanted to ask you if you feel like um, sometimes with children, or you could even chime in on adults as well, but do you feel like what we eat and the timing of it has any impact on how, you know, the quality of our sleep? It definitely does. Um, I actually do have, I used to have a dietitian writing for me on the website and she wrote a really great article on sleep and just the different nutrients to address when it comes to our food. And, but one of the big things, of course, with when it comes to adults, which I'm sure you have it on your website is we've got to monitor our uh, caffeine intake for one thing. (laughs) And I feel like that noon one o'clock is usually that good cutoff time. I know I'm guilty of having caffeine after that time, but regardless, and of course, um, you know, alcohol intake is, is a big one too that can affect our sleep. But when it comes to our kids, something that comes to mind is the fact that when we do have those parents who have those selective eaters and, it, you know, the day may go about and they haven't had enough food to make them feel satiated, that's when I do tell them it is okay that, you know, it's a little bit later in the day, you know, after a dinner time, seven, maybe eight o'clock at night, depending on what time they go to bed, it is okay to have something small. I would say like a a small serving of a smoothie, a piece of whole grain toast with a tablespoon or so of peanut butter on it. Um, Those are going to be some good options because it's got the whole grains. It has a little bit of protein and fat. It's going to help their bellies to feel know, satiated, like they've got something there and they don't have to worry about those, you know, the hunger cues. Looking at different nutrients, magnesium helps to relax muscles and magnesium is going to be found in leafy greens, nuts and seeds, um, the whole grain. So that's why the, the whole grain toast and the peanut butter are some great choices. Your B vitamins are good because they help to regulate tryptophan, which is associated with serotonin which is associated with helpful or um, restful sleep. And again, that goes back to whole grains and nuts and seeds, uh, leafy greens. And it's, it's funny because it seems like anytime I'm asked questions on certain scenarios, like such as sleep, those nutrients that are needed for that particular situation 
they all kind of overlap. So it's like magnesium, B vitamins. It's all like, wait, those are the foods that I'm eating now. I just need to offer them a little bit more. So um, we recently started giving my daughter, not recently, it's probably been uh, about a year, melatonin. Not being a doctor, you definitely want to talk to your pediatrician about that. But I started out with just one milligram based on what the doctor said. And now that she's 14, she did say that I can up that to three. It does seem to help, you know, calm her down and get her into that sleep mode and um, help her brain to sort of relax and get out of that cycle of always thinking of something. And we've also tried the chamomile tea. So that's always an option as well. And of course it's caffeine free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I um, have experimented with melatonin with my children as well. Try not to give it to them like on a regular basis because I don't Mm -hmm. want them, I don't want their bodies to become dependent or to not Mm -hmm. be producing as much because I know melatonin is a hormone. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit cautious with that, especially with children. And I agree, you know, if someone listening wants to try that out, check with your doctor first. Um, mm-hmm. but it does have an effect. My son, I think he was 12 or 13. The first time I gave him some, he had been having some, um, anxiety and everything with school. And, uh, I got these for him. He, he also at the time was low in vitamin D. So that was a contributing factor because we know, a shortage of vitamin D in our body can cause depression. So he was just kind of going through a rough patch and we tried the melatonin. The first time I gave it to him, he was sitting on the couch and my daughter was playing Wii on them, you know, playing bowling with the Wii game or whatever mm-hmm. with my mom. And he was laughing hysterically. And then like they turned around and he was sound asleep. Mm-hmm. And so it worked that quickly. Um, because I've never really given my kids anything, you know, any kind of sleep supplements, like we rarely ever do any kind of medications. So I think it just Mm -hmm. hit him like that. And he was just like out. Wow. I know a lot of people really do like to use melatonin. I think it's gained a lot of, um, like popularity. Just, you see it everywhere. I know they make uh, melatonin chocolates and gummies and all kinds of things. So what are your thoughts on taking melatonin? Like, do you think it's, I know obviously neither of us are doctors, but um, (laughs) long-term, what do you think about that? I I don't think it's good long-term. If if you feel that you need to be dependent on it, there is a lack of nutrition. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not that um, we're avoiding those certain foods with those nutrients we need. Sometimes it's, um, your body just can't, it can't, um, absorb it. And it's not, there's something, there's something going on. And if you feel that you need to be dependent on it, I would highly suggest talking to your pediatrician or your regular PCP. And then of course, consulting with a dietitian, um, because there, there are ways, you know, around that for sure. Mm -hmm. And with your diet. I agree. Yeah. And I know with my Mm -hmm. son, you know, and I think this happens a lot when they just start hitting those uh, teenage years, like the early Mm -hmm. teenage years, they need more sleep. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, they actually, I know teenagers actually do need more sleep. And so Mm -hmm. that's really important. And I think we started making sure that he got outside, got more sunlight, more exercise. He already ate pretty healthfully. So that was okay. But yeah, so I, I agree. If, if we're Mm-hmm. using melatonin, it is good, I think, to look at our diet and our lifestyle and figure yep. out 
what could possibly be missing. So, yeah. And you mentioned getting outside being that we're what, I don't know, two and a half months or so into this um, lockdown pandemic or whatever you want to call it. That's something that I tell my kids every day. It's like, look, I'm okay with you staying up and talking to your friends late and sleeping in because we're not on that crazy rigid schedule, but you wake up, you open up those curtains and guess what? You can step outside, <laughs> you know, and then get to your schoolwork or whatever it is you do. And you, and I try to explain to them that like our bodies are amazing. If I had to do it again, I would have been a doctor. And I don't know, I don't know what the whole explanation is. And maybe you do like, there's something to say about getting outside in that sun. It helps with your, your biological clock, the way that you're naturally supposed to work. And obviously if, if we are doing that, we're going to have a better night's rest and be able to fall asleep the way that we're supposed to, you know, there's so many other things there that we can look at besides just popping the pills. I agree. And I think the earlier um, we're exposed to sunlight, the earlier in the day that we expose ourselves to sunlight, the better for mm -hmm. just helping our, uh, our body's sleep rhythm. And the other thing about that too, I think is going to bed and waking up at the same time every day as, as consistently yeah. as possible. That really helps mm -hmm. with sleep as well. <laughs> I really want, I mean, I do think that it's important for kids to get a good night's sleep, but I think, you know, it's important to look at some of their other sleep hygiene habits and figure out like mm -hmm. what's going on. So I think nutrition has a lot to do with, you know, how kids are functioning as far as just, you know, energy and, mm -hmm. you know, their metabolism and sleep schedules and all of that. So yep. I think nutrition mm -hmm. is so, so important. So what mm -hmm. tools, services and other, you know, what do you have on your website that you help people with? I know you're a registered dietitian. So do people come to you and like book coaching sessions or what do they do there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't have any specific menu on there yet because mostly what I do is it's fully customized. I talk to the family and, you know, just get an idea of where they're coming from, things that have worked, things that haven't worked. Most likely the mom is trying to lose weight or she's trying to get back into whatever fitness routine that she's been in before and integrating that family lifestyle and what the kids are going to like and just teaching meal plan prep, organize their pantry so that it's going to be okay for them to allow the kids to go in there and they don't feel bad for what's in there. Cooking techniques. There's so many things that I have found over the years that even something as simple as taking a breast of chicken and slicing it lengthwise so that you have two breasts of chicken that are a little bit more good, more like what a serving size is going to be. So different things like that, because I feel like there is a gap somewhere in families where one parent hasn't been taught how to do certain things in the kitchen and then the other one has, and then just trying to bring that together and teach the kids as well. And then I also am very, I like to be on social media so that when people have questions, I'm very open. I, I will probably give you more information than what I probably should. I probably should make an appointment with you, but I just have this desire to share what I've learned over the years of working with hundreds of families and 
my experience, the way that I grew up and what I've been able to teach my kids and what I've been able to see them do and the changes that they've made and the things that they enjoy doing in the kitchen and the difference between the two kids as well is another thing because I've had parents come to me and say, yeah, but this one wants to do that and that one doesn't, but it's, there's ways around it. There's ways that we can get the family to work together. My other biggest thing recently is the Busy Moms Kitchen podcast. And what I specifically wanted to do there and why I started it was because I love to talk. <laughs> and there's times when we'll be together with, I don't know, my husband's friends or, or other people that don't really know specifically what I do. And then when they find out, I have to warn them. If you don't want to sit here with me for at least an hour, don't ask me those questions. <laughs> so the, the Busy Mom's Kitchen, what I wanted to do was to help people to kind of feel like a part of my kitchen because that is my hub. That's mm -hmm. where I'm at a lot. And the conversations happen there, whether it's with my friends or it's with my kids or it's with my husband or I'm on a, a Zoom call or a FaceTime with one of my friends. The conversations happen there. And for some reason, it always turns into a conversation of health and what can I do to reduce stress? And it always relates to that busy mom who has the kids that are constantly tugging at them, no matter what age they are. So, <laughs> yes, I, I can relate on so many levels with that. Yes. I think that's a really tough topic though, whenever, and I have some experience in this because the last five or six years I've had to kind of try to follow a diet plan myself, you know, right when I started hitting perimenopause, it was harder to like maintain a healthy weight, no matter what I, I gave up sugar and sodas back in like maybe 2003 and I've never had sodas since then. I mean, I'm kind of one of those all or nothing people. So I'm not like, Oh, everything in moderation. I can't really do moderation very well. So mm -hmm. I'm like either all in or all out. So with soda, I'm all out. But the last, I don't know, four or five years, it's been a struggle. So like I've tried different things and then, you know, like on the nights whenever I'm making um, tacos, like you used that as an example earlier, I would give my kids regular tortillas and then I would do like low carb tortillas or something. So, I mean, I do think there's ways around it or sometimes I would make, you know, chili or a stir fry and I would put the rice on the side so the kids could have rice and I would skip the rice. So, because I know they need those carbs for energy and I don't necessarily mm -hmm. need those. And so I do think there's ways around this. Yeah. And there, that's, that's one of the things too. And it sounds like you're following what I feel. I am a firm believer that you can make those changes. There are, there are a lot of dietitians out there who feel they they follow the, um, oh gosh, the word just went out of my head, body positive type of things, um, health at every size type of thing. But I mean, I've been in this industry for a long time. I started out personal training in 1998 and then went into dietetics for my education. And I feel that if people have a health goal, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to get abs, um, or maybe it's just, I, I want to have more fruits and vegetables on my plate, whatever it is, I feel that you should do that because we're individuals and whatever's going to make us happy is what we should strive for. So when it comes to a mom trying to reach her health and fitness goals, 
that is what I do is like, okay, so I want you to have those tacos with your family. But what you're going to do is you're going to make a taco salad. And what they're going to see is that you're having more vegetables. I mean, plain and simple. They don't have to know that you're not having that, you know, that rice for a reason, or you're not having as much rice as they think. Cause I'll even say that too. Just take a smaller helping. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are those ways around it, but it's always going to be something where the kids are going to see that you're just putting more of the good stuff in front of you. And that will turn out to be something good for them. You're not saying mom's on a diet. I got to lose weight or, you know, the body shaming type of thing. Mm -hmm. They're not going to see that. They're just going to see those better choices. Oh, yes. I, I love that. I so agree with that, you know, in the beginning, because I have six kids and my older ones are in their late 20s. So, you know, when I was raising <laughs> them, I really, because I was raised by parents who were um, very critical of people, different body shapes, you know, so mm -hmm. mostly mm -hmm. my dad, um, he had no um, sympathy or empathy for anyone who was overweight. Mm -hmm. And, and it really mm -hmm. caused me to be hard on myself about weight issues. And so in the beginning, you know, I made those same mistakes with my older children about, you know, I need to lose 10 pounds. You know, I would talk about it and they, it, you know, if I was on a diet, they knew, but I did learn actually my older daughters taught me that that's not really a good thing to do. And so with my younger yeah. children, I do just say like, I feel healthier when I don't eat as much sugar or I feel healthier when I don't mm -hmm. eat as many, you know, carbs or whatever. And so I do okay. try not to focus on it and it has made a huge difference, not just in the way I've raised them, but also my own mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, but one thing I will ask you, because I've had this experience with my kids and when you were saying that about, you know, I'm having a taco salad and they're having tacos, I, I sometimes tell my husband, I feel like my kids are pushers because, you know, they'll be eating Talenti, you know, gelato or something. And they're like, Oh mom, eat some of this. You just here, just, you know, take a spoon. Come on, mom, eat some. And I'll have like my rebel <laughs> low carb ice cream or something I'm trying to eat. And I've learned that I have to have some kind of an alternative for me, yeah. because if I just try to opt out of ice cream, that is not they don't like that there. And so I tell my husband, they're pushers. I'm like, they're like, Oh, come on, just one bite, please just eat some. I'm like, ah. That is so funny. It's my kids. Like they love dessert and that could be like a whole different topic in and of itself. Cause I know a lot of people have different views on that, but I grew up my family having dessert. So I'm going to do that for my kids. Anyways, they do love to have their ice cream or cookies or whatever it is after, after dinner. And I, they know that I won't because I, I just don't, I don't know. I just, I don't want to, I just, I've never wanted that, but I will tell you that I do have probably the worst sweet tooth that anybody has. Um, so I'll make, you know, I, I like to make homemade cookies and I make the, the energy bites and things like that. So it's funny and they haven't, they've never done anything like that before. So that is funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I guess they just want to um, like bond over food. Maybe it's funny. You know, I don't know if other moms, you're the first person I've ever mentioned this to besides my husband, but I'm like, why did they do that to me? Like, it feels like so much pressure. I'm like, I don't want to eat your ice cream. Oh, more for you if I don't eat some. 
True. That's true. Cause I know my kids, they, if my if they get down to the bottom and my husband doesn't want any, they're like, mom, can we split up between the two of us? Yes. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's funny. Well, Jackie, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I really enjoyed talking to you. I feel like we have a lot in common and we could probably talk fun. on and on forever. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so people can find you at your website and that's just uh, wellnesssolution.com, right? Um, it's thewellnesssolution.com. And I'll definitely make sure you have that link because back in the day when I actually opened, uh, got the domain, I don't know why I chose only two S's, but there's only two S's, not three, as you would think as you're spelling it out. Okay. Um, you can also use JackieVega.com or JackieVegaRDN.com. So I've gotten it all you know, it all orders back to where it's supposed to go. So, and then of course, um, the busy mom's kitchen podcast and I'm on like all social. So Awesome. Well, I'll make sure the links are in the show notes for that. So if you're listening and you want to go check, uh, check out Jackie's website, the links will be all in the show notes so you can find it there. Thank you again for being on the show. I enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.